All right, why don't we grab our seats and get started in a second here. That is too loud. Let's turn that down a little bit. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing opportunity we have to um, be inspired by your story through Scripture, through each one of our lives. We just ask that through today's dialogue, our discussion, our teaching, our time together, that each one of us um, just see ourselves in your reality differently, find your grace, your peace, uh, that through today's conversations that we view the world through your eyes, this eye full of light. And we just thank you for these things right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, man. Hold on one second. This recorder has been just bugging the snot out of me lately and is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. I just don't think it's going to happen. That's all right. Do you want to play with this at all? Why are you not? I'm done with you, recorder. Okay, welcome to Bloom. Nice to see you all. Uh, sorry about that. It's going to get ugly if I keep messing with it. And, uh, but... So glad you're all here today. We have a couple visitors, um, so super excited to see you. Welcome. We know it's not easy checking out a uh, new church. Uh, what we oh man, that is not today. I'm sorry. Uh, what to expect? We do discussion-based teaching, so we'll talk for about 20, 25 minutes, and then we'll get a chance to uh, have discussion. And you're invited to participate as much as you want to, or just be a fly on the wall and listen and just soak it all in. We also do. Um, 15 minutes of prayer circles at the end that are different and unique, but a huge part of our community where you're invited to share any prayer requests you might have or any, something you're thankful for, or again, just sit and listen. But an opportunity to experience community before you go home, we think is one of the most important parts of gathering together as a church. You can listen to a good podcast anywhere, but having that sense of community is something that, that we want to take away with us every Sunday. Um, all right, well, other than that, let's get rolling. So I wanted to start by dividing a donut into three parts, because when I grew up, I had two brothers, and mom was either a genius or, or slightly mischievous in her thinking, and we would be on like a road trip to the cabin or grandma's house or somewhere, and she would hand us like a donut to share between the three of us. It was like, yeah, here, why don't you guys split this? Or it would be like a candy bar, one candy bar. Not the fun size where you could each get one, like a, can a Snickers bar. Like, you guys share this. Well, the moment you're given something like this, it is just like, who's got the biggest piece? You know, like, yours is bigger than, like, you, you wanted to make sure you got your fair share of this donut today. And so the person who cut the donut would never be the one to get to choose their first piece, because then it would be completely unfair. Um, and so the other two would begin the fighting process of like measuring up the pieces to see like, oh man, this one is the smallest. We're definitely leaving that one for the guy who cut it. He screwed up and was not like measuring correctly. And then you'd fight over the other two pieces of which one was like, we're talking like an eighth of a millimeter bigger than the next, because there was precise cutting of these candy bars going on so that no one would be out of a piece, because the deal is, if one piece is a little bit bigger, 
that means that the piece next to it has got to be a little bit smaller because we got one donut that's finite sized. And like, if you're splitting this thing, if someone's got a bigger piece, inevitably someone's got a smaller piece, and it would cause a royal ruckus. One donut. Thanks, Mom. This message goes out to you. Um, in it, I've seen it throughout all of life. Even like we'll have like a pie at home. And Mia was more like this when she was little. It's gone away more now. Amy's been really good with this usually. But Mia would be like, that piece, like your piece is bigger than mine. And mine is always, I'm, I'm twice the size of you. It should be twice the piece. Should it not? Any large, larger members of the audience should shout yay to my ideals. Um, but anyway, we, we just see this like, man, if you get more, I get less. There, there's this thought going around. Well, uh, there's a... A story that Jesus tells in the New Testament that echoes an ancient story from the Old Testament, the Torah, that um, has so much to do with how we view life and what we get out of it. We've spent some time this fall looking at, like, or we always spend a, a little bit of time looking at our view on God and making sure that that view of God is all-embracing of his goodness, his love, and not getting into the stereotypes of God's stingy or God's whatever. This is more of a worldview than a God view, but it, it takes it all into consideration. Um, Jesus starts, uh, or in Matthew 6, 22 and 23, um, Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Fantastic passage. Clearly spells out exactly what Jesus is talking about. Anyone can read this and be like, oh yeah, got that. I'll run with that this week. Thanks, Jesus. That was fantastic. What is Jesus talking about here? Is he just talking enigmas that are completely unable to understand, or is there something bigger here? The audience that Jesus is speaking to, his Jewish audience, um, picks up right away on, on certain cues in this passage that would have made complete sense to them. It's one of the reasons we dialogue, we read scripture together, because we'll get to verses like this, and if you tried to figure this out on your own without any understanding of what's going on here, I would love to find out what your answer to what this verse was talking about. But Jesus is drawing on a tradition his audience knows about, and that's uh, taken from the Torah, the Old Testament, which they know very well, and there, are, there is this thought that there is two kinds of eyes, two kinds of worldviews even, this light eye and a dark eye. And it's taken from uh, Deuteronomy 15. There is a passage there um, that begins um, at the end of every seventh year, cancel all debts, is how Deuteronomy 15 starts. Uh, this is our seventh year of being a church. Um, we, we started that in September. Uh, I've got a sabbatical coming up in, in the month of February. I've been reading about this kind of stuff, and I come across this passage, and I'm like, oh, this is, I don't know if we've ever covered this at Bloom. I've heard several really good teachings on this. This would be a fantastic message to give. So Deuteronomy 15 is talking about this Jewish tradition that every seven years you cancel any debts that someone owes. You just let them go. They're done. And this is something that everyone is supposed to practice and is supposed to be a big part of their culture. Yet, throughout the scriptures, we see it referenced again and again, but we don't see a lot of evidence that this was really uh, 
practiced by a lot, that, that people were really giving into this part. But Deuteronomy 15 goes on, and it's, it's, it's talking about how to do this. How to, how to, this whole chapter 15 is how to forgive debts and to move on like this. But there's this, there's this portion of it that gets us into, the, uh, into what we're talking about here. And in verse 9 it says, Beware that there not be a thought in your wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand. And that I be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him not, and he cry out unto the Lord against thee, and it be sin unto thee. Now, this sounds a little different than we would usually be reading because we usually use the voice as our uh, scripture context and it usually makes a lot more sense. But we're reading from the King James Version this morning, folks. That is like, script, uh, like Shakespeare of the Bible. Uh, because modern translations skip the I stuff for some reason. They'll get around the concept of what's going on here, but they leave out this passage about the I being evil, the I being light. You see it all through the Bible. And the King James holds this 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 portion of text really well because it actually is in there and it actually is this, this uh, Hebrew tradition of two ways of looking at the world. And so why is this interesting? Why is this, this uh, verse in Deuteronomy, what the heck does it have to do with us? The passage really revolves around the poor. Uh, and not just the poor, but your neighbor, your friends, your family, those around you who might be struggling, who need help, the basics of life, food, shelter, clothing, something is missing in their life. They need you to help them, but you realize that the seventh year is coming up. Oh, crap. Next year is year seven. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to forgive them anything that they owe me, and they're not going to have time to pay it back. And it says, beware that you know that that seventh year is next year, the year that you're supposed to forgive everybody their debts, and you're like, you know what? I, I can't help you. I can't help you right now. It says, you in your, your evil eye um, decide that you can't help your brother because you know that you're going to have to forgive this, and you decide that you're not willing to go there. You're not willing to help them because you don't want to forgive it next year, and so you shut up against this. But then it goes on and says, beware because your brother may cry out to the Lord because of you. Now, the word cry is a huge word in Old Testament Scripture because anytime it's used, it always references back to the children of Israel when they were entrapped by the Pharaoh, and they cried out to God for help. And so it's this callback anytime that's used because this is the central story to uh, a Jewish believer. Anyone who looks at the Torah is this, this God liberating them from the oppression of the Pharaoh. That there was this oppression on them, they cried out to God and he liberated them. This is a, a theme that carries throughout the entire Bible. It's God is interested in those who are being oppressed. And if they cry out to him, he's there to rescue and help. And this passage is saying, beware that you don't become the person that someone's crying out against because you have now helped their suffering, something that's going on in their life. See, the Pharaoh in the story that, they're, that they were being liberated from, he started to hoard grain and resources because he was super freaked out about drought in the land and different things going on. And his hoarding needed help, and so he needed slaves. And all of a sudden, he picked up some slaves, the children of Israel. And so his, this hoarding mentality that he had got them into this place where they had to cry out to God for help. And so Deuteronomy 15 is reminding them, hey, if you see someone in need, I don't care if next year's the year that you've got to forgive them. Like, don't be the guy that, that turns his back on your neighbor, your brother, someone who's in need, because you think that they're not going to be able to repay you. And ultimately, you become like the Pharaoh, someone who's just hoarding your stuff because you're worried about tomorrow and you weren't there to help them and now you become someone who someone's crying out against. But like, man, Jesus, 
God, help me, because I'm not getting the help from those around me for something that's going on. You see, the poor is, and taking care of the poor, and taking care of someone who has less than you or who has need is a very central theme of the Bible. We want to make sure that those who have less are being taken care of by God, God's people, us, those who have more, and to beware of the person who's just stockpiling, who's saying, you know what, I don't care about you, I'm just freaked out about me, so I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep my bank account stockpiled, I'm going to keep my time stockpiled, I'm going to just stockpile stuff up. Um, don't deny your neighbor because you're freaked out about having to forgive this debt. You're going to become stingy and selfish, and you're going to start looking like a modern-day pharaoh or oppressor or someone who's just interested in you and is not taking the broader picture at heart here. So we start seeing this theme of two kinds of eyes, and it's, it's really all through the Old Testament. It's a very popular notion that these, the audience that Jesus is talking to you would know about. Um, having a generous eye or an eye full of light or a greedy and a stingy eye or an eye full of darkness. Um, Proverbs 22 says, He that have a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth his bread to the poor. Every time we see this bountiful eye, this eye full of light, this, this, this theory, it's connected to this generosity, this making sure that those who have less are being taken care of, that you're watching out for them, that you're doing something about it. Um, it's, but this concept to the Jewish uh, person sitting and listening to Jesus, it's, it's, it's beyond just this generous eye or this, this eye that's stingy. This is their worldview. The eyes are how we take in the world around us. They're, it's how we see the world and how it operates. And do we have a stingy viewpoint of the world? And more than even a stingy viewpoint, do we have a viewpoint that there is a limited amount of something and I've got to protect my limited amount? There's a limited amount of donut. And if it ain't cut just right, you got some of my donut. You didn't get more than me, you got some of my donut is what's wrong. And so I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen and I'm going to protect that slice of donut, that piece of the pie with everything I've got. And just in case there's a time when there's less pie out there, I'm going to even take a little bit more than that. I'm going to, I'm going to hoard up as much donut scraps as I can get so that I've got enough and I don't have to trust God or trust anybody else, I've taken care of me, and the rest of you should have done that. You should have took care of yourself, you'd have enough. Um, there's a presence of generosity, this, this, or not presence, but there's this, this outlook on, on life as, as being there is enough, or that God has an infinite supply of stuff at our disposal, infinite love, infinite grace, infinite hope, joy, peace. Is it infinite or is it finite? Does me having a super happy, amazing day take away from the happy day that, that Debbie can have? Because God can only give out so much happiness today. And shoot, Luke got a bunch, so that means, dang it, God, you denied me some because he must have got some of my happiness for today because there's only a little bit of happiness God can give out. And so I got to hoard up these happiness moments or my time or something else because it's, it's limited um, have you ever been bitter uh, because something good happened to someone and you were like, man, that was supposed to happen to me? Someone got the promotion you wanted. Someone, maybe it was your friend, maybe it was your brother that annoys you, got the car that you've been talking about for like five years. You've been dreaming about this car. Like, man, that is like my perfect car. And he's just like, well, I'm going to buy that car. And you're just like, what? Are you freaking serious? 
that was my car. Like, I've been dreaming about that car. I probably never would have got it, but you bought my car, and you just don't even care. Now you won't even let me drive it, because you're like, nah, you'll scratch it. It's my car. Like, you can't drive that car. I don't know what it is for you, but have you been annoyed or, like, frustrated or felt something on the inside when something good happened to someone else, and you were like, man, why didn't that happen to me? Why can't that happen to me? It's this foreshadowing of our outlook on the world that there's only so much. And because he got some, it must mean that I'm getting less. And so it just, it just shows a piece of like what our heart's looking like and what's going on. Um, and it really comes back to this, what kind of world is this? Is, is there a limited amount of goodness? Is there a limited amount of peace that can be given to people? Joy? Is there a limited amount of like favor? Even these undeserved, unrealistic, weird blessings that seem to come to people at times. Like, how did that person get that? They don't deserve it. That should not have happened to them. All my serving of the poor, all my volunteering at the homeless shelter, that should have deserved me some kind of favor, and it happens to this person. Um, is there only so much meaning in life, so much satisfaction, so much fulfillment that can go around? we got to start looking, do we have a scarcity mentality? That there is only so much, and I've got to protect what I can get. And if someone else gets some of that, then I must have lost out. Or do we have this mentality that there is more than enough, that God is infinite, that he, if something great happens to them, why wouldn't something great be able to happen to me? Uh, it, is your viewpoint of the world this pie or this donut that everyone gets a slice but some people's slices are bigger, and it's just not fair because my slice is smaller than someone else's. And we're just we're looking at everybody's slices, trying to measure up whose slice is bigger, whose slice is smaller, and why. Why, oh why, God, did this happen? What did I do to cause this? What's going on? This is the wrong way of looking at things. This is an eye full of darkness. There's even, it'll say, an eye that's clouded at times through Scripture. This is a way of looking at things that we're missing the point of all this. If you have this dark eye, this cloudy eye, this seeing the world through scarcity, it leads you to places that will affect your whole life. This like yeah, hoarding, stockpiling, like protecting yourself from others who have need because you might have a need tomorrow and you've got to make sure that, that you're going to take care of that need and never have to worry about that. Eventually, you are going to come to the place where you have more than enough, where you have stockpiled something and you've got enough and now you've you got to watch out for someone else, and they're going to show up, and they're going to have need, and this is that chance to be like, am I, going to, am I going to help, or am I so worried about losing what I've got right now that I just can't let go of this? I mean, watch the show Hoarders for a little bit. It will reinvent how you look at all your stuff in your life. Um, like, why the heck am I holding on to this? Why can't I give it away to someone else? What's going on? I've got so many real-life examples for this. Uh, we were watching a movie the other day where um, the parents pass away and they're dividing the estate between the siblings. And like the brother who's just like a mess gets like almost everything. And the sister who's got stuff put together gets like almost nothing and she's pissed. And like, oh, Luke on top of the mountain, high wisdom, is like, why is she getting so mad? Like, can't she? And then Amy is like, would you act any different? I'm like, no, I'd probably be just as pissed. Like, <laughs> mom and dad gave everything to Andy and Jason. Like, seriously, because it's happened at Christmases sometimes, and I've gotten just mad. Like, you'll, you'll be like, here, Luke, I got you, like, a hammer, and your brothers are really hurting right now, so we gave them, like, $200 each just to help out. I was like, I make, like, half as much as they do. Like, see, just because I got my stuff together, like, I get shafted at Christmas. Like, I've felt this way. I've had this cloudy eye. Like, 
And then I started thinking about, okay, where is this showing up in my life? Where am I seeing someone in need that I'm not giving this need? Because I like to think of myself as a generous person. Like, I'm not this person. I have nothing to learn from this lesson. This is for everybody else at Bloom. It's not. It's not. One of the areas I am most stockpile heavy is my camping gear. Oh, man. Like, I, I've gotten, like, I love camping. And I love having, like, the best gear. And I have no money. So I have got to watch for, like, the insane sales or deals where you're like, what? This was, like, I've got a camping pad that is, like, this big that usually costs $100 that I found at, like, a garage sale for $5. And there's nothing wrong with it. And you're like, yeah, it's my camping pad. Like, I got the best stuff. But someone will be like, you got camping gear. Can I borrow it instantly? I'm like, you're going to break it. I won't have camping gear anymore. Like, I'm not going to have the same possibilities I had yesterday to acquire new camping gear or that God, you know, that... This has already happened. I've had weird ways that I've gotten amazing camping gear, gifts from people, blessings, crazy sales. Like, it's happened to me. God has, like, hooked me up because it's something I love. Yet tomorrow, it's all gone. If they, like, let my tent mildew, like, I'll never have a tent again. Like, so I can't let you borrow it. It's just, I'm sorry. And, but what is it for you? What is it that you're like, I can't let you borrow that. Like, or I can't give you that. Or I need this. Because we've all got something where we're like, shoot. And this passage that we're starting to get into here is starting to be like, is our worldview this way? Are these just fragments that are showing up? Or do we really start to, is there something inside that thinks there's not enough and I've got a stockpile? Or do we really trust God, especially on the inward stuff, joy, peace, happiness? That if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. That there's plenty. There's an infinite amount of these blessings, this hope, this joy to go around and I should be excited when I see someone else blessed not turning on the inside annoyed um, this is why even in Leviticus it says to leave a portion a corner of your field unharvested so that uh, the poor or your neighbor it actually says the widow the orphan or the immigrant will have something to eat if they need it it's always leaving a piece of what you're never using all of it, always leaving this chunk where if someone's in need, and I love how the orphan widow, and the Im- I love the immigrants in there. I love that. I don't know why. I think there's just, we got a lot of that going on. Are we, do we think that we don't have enough, and so we got to protect it from someone else in need, or do, are we there to help? Are we leaving a corner of our field? Are we leaving a corner of our time, our money, our energies, our camping gear, our whatever, so that if someone is in need, that they can draw on that and they can get that need and we can start to help out? Or are we at the place where it's like, no, I need my whole field. I need my whole paycheck. I need my whole block of time. I need my whole whatever it is for you. What are we hoarding that we just can't give it away because there ain't enough of it going around and I've got to protect this? It's a worldview, but it also starts to spell how we think God is. It starts to bounce back where he's, he's only going to give me so much and I've got to protect this and it's not going to be there again tomorrow. Um, there's this parable of a vineyard that Jesus gives. It's such a cool story. Um, because in the time frame, again, the people Jesus is talking to, what is, like, give you a little cultural context, people are losing their family, like vineyards, estates, by the masses. There's just, it's a poverous time, and there are some people with a lot of money. Romans are moving in, buying up stuff. There's just things going on. And people are losing family estates that they've had for generations. Like, how would you feel if you were the one to lose dad's vineyard? Like, oh, man, he put his like, blood and sweat went in that field. And now that field's gone because I couldn't afford to keep it up. And this dude who buys the field says, you know what? Don't worry. You can work here. 
you'll still have a living. Like, I'll pay you to work here, and I'll pay you, like, you know, crap to work here, but you'll still get to work your family's field. Like, this is, this is his audience is like, shoot, we're losing everything. This is going on. And Jesus tells this parable of the vineyard, and it's this, this man who owns a vineyard, and he needs people to work it, so he hires workers for the day. And he hires them at different interviews. Sometimes some people came right away in the morning, and they've been working all day long. And he, at noon, it's like, man, I need some more people. So he goes into town. He's like, hey, who wants to work the vineyard? Come on out. And he brings in some more. And even there's like an hour left of work, and he lets a few more people in. And he, and he, he lets them work the vineyard. And at the end of the day, then, he pays everybody the same. The guy who worked an hour and the guy who's been sweating all day long. And the guy who's been working all day long is like royally ticked off. How the heck are you paying the dude who worked an hour the same amount that you're paying me? He's getting the same. That means I'm getting a little bit less. His donut does not deserve to be the same size as my donut. And this vineyard owner who in this parable of Jesus is the God figure, like is, is, a, is a whatever uh, analogy of God, his answer to this person is, are you envious because I'm generous? And I think this is something that we need to ask ourselves all the time. This is a tattoo to get on your arm because it happens so much. Something good happens to someone and instantly we're like, what? I deserve more than that. Like, how are you paying them this way? Like, what's going on? I remember one company I worked for, it was like a secret what everybody made but you know that it was like all over the place. So secretly, everybody wanted to know. There was like, like how much are you making? You're making as much as me? Like, like everybody just had to know. Like you couldn't just be okay with, I make enough and I'm showing up because they're paying me enough. I had to, everyone seemed to have to know what everyone else was making and it was this weird gossipy thing going on. But it brings it back to the same thing. Are you envious because I'm generous? Are we envious that something great happened to someone? We are, we're envious that God favored them, that, he, that light shone on them, that something good happened to them today. Do we, do we feel that because of their lifestyle or something they've done that, that crap should happen, that it should just be over? Uh, Jesus tells us that, 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 that God causes light to shine on the just and the unjust the same, and, or rain. He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust the same. He's generous to everyone. And I know there's something on the inside of us that's like, er, but he shouldn't be right? Like, he should, like, we should get more because, no. Are we envious because of his generosity? Like, God is generous. The world is a generous place. It is not have not enough that we need to store up. It's, we need to start adopting this mindset of, like, man, there is plenty. There is more than enough. There is so much going around. You can't split the infinite God is infinite in his resources, infinite in his love, his joy, his compassion, his crazy grace. The whole definition of grace is something undeserved, an undeserved gift, someone who completely undeserves it. So why are we surprised when God does something to someone that seems amazing when they totally undeserve it? That's who God is. This is the deal, man. He is generous to those who undeserve it. It's just this pouring out, this blessing upon blessing, faithfulness upon faithfulness, joys and mercies and gratitude and grace to all. This is the world we live in, a God who's just waiting to pour out, yet we're still thinking that there's just a little bit and we've got to fight for that little bit and we've got to do everything about it. This, if we're a church that believes this, if we're a church that lives this way, it's going to affect how people see us. If we live our life this way, 
it's going to jack with everything. Like this, we need to start looking at things differently. Um, so how do, we, how do we practice this? Uh, I think we've got to develop a, a practice or lifestyle of generosity to others first. There's got to be this way that your... Um, that passage in Proverbs talked about someone who's got that bountiful eye is someone who's giving to those in need around them. Our neighbors, your family, your friends, the, the community that surrounds you, there's needs. And if we just start, start little, start in a small way to just do it, I think we're going to see change. And I think it's going to have to be something purposeful at first. Not that there's this like, huge inspiration that all of a sudden floods you one day when we pray. and like, I'm a generous person. Here we go. And, that, like, and then I... I think we got to think of like different avenues for this too because we're not just talking money. Like time is a big deal here because time to us seems really finite. I've got 80 years, I've got this, but man, it's, there's been times in my life where I've taken time for someone else and I thought it was going to cut into everything else I had to do and miraculously there was more than enough time to do what I needed to do. Like it was almost like God made the time more valid. Like it, it just, everything worked better. Like it just fell fell together. And can I trust that since it happened once, that it can happen again? Can I start to pretend, even if it is pretending, that there's more than enough of my time, there's more than enough of my finances, there's more than enough camping gear in the world where if I let you all borrow it and you all ruin everything that I have, that it still would be worth it. You guys had an amazing adventure. You made memories and that I will be able to acquire everything I had or even more in just the same way that it's happened so far. Um... This, this passage that we read about Jesus uh, where he talks about the eye uh, in Matthew, the verses that are right above it and right below it are both about money. The one that's right above it says um, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you're putting all your money into hoarding, your heart is at this place of hoarding. If you're generous, if you're giving, if you're whatever, your heart is this generous heart. There's something going on. And then we see this, a good eye is, uh, this, this eye full of light passage. And then he says, no one can serve two masters. You can't be someone who's following Jesus and someone who is just all about money. And we see these three verses go right, just boom, boom, boom. These three stories are all about each other. Jesus talks about money more than anything else except for the kingdom of heaven being among us now. It's the only topic he talks about more than finances. There's something about money that will get us bent out of shape and like stingy and start to get us this eye full of darkness where we're just protecting our own and there's something where there's got to be a release here and I'm not giving a message to give to church. This is actually the complete opposite of that. Like you need to be giving outside of church. Your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, people in your life, if we're really the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth right now, they need to see generosity through us. And more than that, you need it to experience the kingdom of heaven, that fullness, that, that seeing and feeling and just experiencing life differently, we need to be generous people. And so I think it does start with money, but it doesn't stop there. It's, there's so much deeper areas that might be like, that we're hoarding onto. And if we just start to practice letting it go and trusting that, you know what? God put this in my hands today. He's going to do it again tomorrow. It's going to change so much stuff. Jesus starts to imply that it's going to change everything. Um, I'm not saying don't budget, don't save, don't you know, have a retirement account. Like, these things are good. But I'm a frugal person. Like, I'm, 
And there's, a, there's, there's times, and there's definitely times in my life where this frugality starts to step across to something smart to do, and it starts to be, um, it starts to even become almost this like spirit of scarcity where it affects my heart and it can make you uh, not make the right decisions that you should be doing the, 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 to open me up to more. Like it, it definitely can uh, be dangerous if you don't watch it. Like it's, I trust that God is infinite and there's infinite out there and he's taking care of me till now. So I'm going to keep trusting that. If you've got anxiety or worry in your life, man, these Matthew 5, 6, 7, these are amazing passages to get rid of that stuff. There's just something in here about just trusting God. If he's done it for me once, he's, he can do it for me again. Um, the other one is this celebration. Uh, I think a way to practice this and go forward is celebrating when something good happens to someone, even your enemy, even the stingy brother, who knows who. But if something good happens, especially the people who you don't think deserve it, find a way to celebrate with them. Find a way to say, I am so happy for you, or I am so excited for you, or to enter into this. And it might feel weird at first, but celebrate the good, the weird, the exciting things that happen to people, especially the ones that seem unjust or unfair or like them like how could it happen to them like those are the ones to celebrate because if it happens to the most random why can't it happen to us just the same god says he's no respecter of uh he doesn't love someone more than the next person there's nothing you can do to make god love you anymore or anything you can do to make him love you any less and that's the same for every person who walks this globe and can we trust that he's that generous he's gotten me to this place I've, I've not been living on the street this far, and I've had many months where finances were tight, tough, where we're just like, crap, what are we going to do? And all of a sudden, years later, we look back and like, oh, we made it through that. If I did it once, how's he not going to do it again? If he did it for someone else, how's he not going to do it for me? God is faithful. We can trust him. The world is abundance. It is not my donut that only has got a tiny amount, and we've got to divide it just right. Um... I hope this is making sense. I went a little bit over what I wanted to do. I'm so happy for you. We've got a choice. And I think this is what this, this is telling us. Is we have a choice in how we view the world. This isn't just a, your heart's dark, so you're going to view the world dark. No, we have a choice of viewing it through the lens of an eye full of light, an eye where there's plenty, there's abundance, there's, me, there's much going around. If God did it for him, he'll do it for me. Or we've got a, a, a choice to look at the, the world as there's only a little bit and if I don't protect what I've got, if I don't, if I'm not safe in my budgeting and storing up just enough, then someday I'm not going to have enough and I've got to take care of it. It just shows this lack of trust in what God's done for you so far and what he'll do for you tomorrow. It's going to affect so much stuff. God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, just the same. He's generous beyond anything we can imagine. I invite you guys today to open your heart to believing that the world has more in it than you thought. That God could be more generous, crazy generous, than we ever could imagine. That you have more time than you thought you did. Time that you can give away to someone who needs it right now. You have more money than that will take care of your needs, that you can actually relinquish some to someone who's in need, someone who can't pay for their prescription this month, or the smelly weird dude who's just looking for a sandwich outside a subway or whatever's going on like you've got it and god will take care of you and we can go forward i invite you to start seeing the world as a place 
that you have so much to contribute to the ongoing just creation of what's going on that if we just enter into this, we will see our outlook on everything change so much. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity to, oh man, I don't even know, just look at our lives differently, look at others' lives differently, look at your generosity in new light. Uh, We just ask that through discussion and through our times of meditating through these next weeks and thinking about this, that each of us would be drawn closer to you and have that heart that just explodes with wonder of your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Yeah, what... What kind, of, what kind of questions does this bring up? If we go to discussion here, what, what, what is this, how does this relate to your life, to your everyday, to, to what you can take away? Um, I do even want to say that one sentence one more time because this has been my meditation kind of this last week. I've noticed so many times when I've had to like think on this. And we talked about meditation last Sunday. If you missed it, download the podcast. It's online. And meditate on this one sentence. Try it for a day, a two, maybe a week. Are you envious because I'm generous? Like that sentence that God says in that parable is just so amazing. Uh, There's just so much to unpack there that we can change our life with. But I'm interested in your thoughts on this no more of mine. So who's got something you want to share?